Karen James of the New York Times calls it a blatant attempt to cross over from rap to mainstream comedy that virtually leaves the group's music behind. TV Guide calls it a curious comedy that is simultaneously an embarrassment and throwback to the days of Three Stooges-style slapstick. And Vern of OutlawVern.com calls it a movie that exposes the dangers of for-profit medicine, a powerful story with sharp, incisive satire, and a well-researched look at exactly how the business works and why it fails us. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of disorderlies. Which one will it be? Hey everyone, it's another episode of Rune Childhoods. I'm Dan Wiener and with me. Hey, I'm John Richardson, Dan's brother. It's all happening. It's all happening. Right now. Right now. This is it's it's the disorderlies episode. Yeah. So we we kind of I'm not going to say drop the ball because nobody was asking for this, but we decided a little too late to dedicate the month of April to some of our favorite film fools. Our April fools Our April that we are fools. celebrating. And it felt right to start with Disorderlies, <laughs> um, the, the quintessential fat boys experience. E- I would, I think that's safe to say. I really enjoyed researching and following up with the Fat Boys uh, after all this time and mm-hmm. exploring some of their, uh, I guess, press tour uh, clips, video clips on YouTube. Okay. I'm guessing like, a lot uh, of beatboxing. There was certainly some beatboxing. There was this one like uh, afternoon talk show. Uh, I It must have been a regional thing. I'd never heard of the guy. And um, it was very awkward. But, okay, I, I'm going to come back to that. Because mm. I, for anybody who doesn't know, the Fat Boys were this musical group. There were these three young guys who were all pretty large, yes. some larger than others. And... Uh, they were some of the, I guess, pioneers of um, a lot of, uh, I guess, in, in rap culture, uh, especially the human beatbox, uh, Buff. Um, oh, I, I was have name, his, uh, Damon. Was that Damon Wimbley? No, Damon Wimbley is Cool Rock Ski. Oh, okay. Got yeah. it. Uh, Darren Robinson, Darren Robinson, uh, Buff, okay. aka Buffy, the human beatbox, and he was one of the real beatboxing pioneers. And the story behind that is that he couldn't afford a drum set, wanted to play the drums, so he just kind of figured out how to make those sounds with his mouth. <laughs> and it's really incredible the the things that he did with with just his mouth. Yeah. No, very yeah. impressive. And I mean, the three of them together were, were a really talented group. Um, I don't know how, 
how much memory you have of them from childhood, but I I definitely had a I had a Fat Boys cassette tape. It mm-hmm. was uh, the album was called Coming Back Hard Again. And yep, I mean, and I thought not, I just thought that meant like they were just they were doing it rough. At, I mean, geez, I don't know. I don't know what I thought. I, Who knows? I was like 10. Um, <laughs> well, I'm looking to see. I think yeah. that was the album that featured. Uh, are you um, are you ready for Freddie? Right. Which they did for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, was it the Dream Child? I want to say it was one of dr- the. Uh, yeah, we, no, Dream Child was part five because I, I think it was for part. This is four. Four. The year after Disorderly, so the dr- Dream Dream Master, Dream Master. His three like was Dream Warriors. This is not a Nightmare on Elm Street episode, but I I do look forward to the day we do that. Sure. Yeah. So, um, just to go back, uh, the other members are Prince Marky D, uh, who is now a uh, a radio host in. Uh, in Orlando or maybe not Orlando, but definitely Florida. And he got into radio. He produced for a little while. Um, after his, his rap days, he went into producing and then has been on the radio. And, um, he was actually the first Puerto Rican rapper to go platinum. That's kind of his, Oh, his claim to fame. His, well, yeah. One of his claims to fame being, you know, one of the fat boys. Yeah. And then, of course, there's uh, the aforementioned Cool Rock Ski, uh, Damon Wibley. Um, and he, I I wish I could give more information. I sent him an email, but have not heard back from him yet. So should I hear back from uh, Cool Rock Ski, uh, Cool Rock, I will certainly let everybody know uh, how that how that goes. Wow, I'm I'm excited now. I'm like I'm. There's some suspense here. There like, is definitely suspense. I I'm gonna keep on checking my email if by any chance he emails during the course of this episode. And this um, is legit. I'm I'm learning about this right now, and <laughs> I'm I just like you am wonder. It is if that email comes in, the response you hear is going to be 100 genuine because yes. <laughs> I have no idea. I had no idea what was going on. Anyway, um, I just did a little, I, I just looked up the track listing on the album to kind of remember, all right, mm-hmm. why might I have purchased this? This was the the 1988 album uh, that the Fat Boys released that featured not only um, Are You Ready for Freddy, which was the song they did for Nightmare on Elm Street 4, but also their cover of The Twist, which they collaborated with Chubby, with Chubby Checker on that. Yeah. And I remember that was kind of, that was a big hit. And I remember that was like a big summertime album. And that was, that was the, right. the one fat boys album that I owned. So they did a bunch of interesting collaborations. They did a, a cover of Wipeout with the beach boys, um, yes. which was kind of alluded to at the end of disorderlies. Well, you hear it. They they play it in the film. Oh, is that actually? Oh, but it's very brief. Very brief. But and when and the, we, there's the cameo of sure of the Beach Mike, Boys, Mike Love, and well, two of the Beach Boys. It's Mike Love and well, Mike Love, Al Jardine, and I thought I saw Brian Wilson in one shot briefly. I don't know. I don't know what his uh, situation was at the time. 
I don't think Brian Wilson knows what his situation was at the time, but I mean, but let's uh, shout out to Brian Wilson though, man. Talk about someone who really came through the fire and pulled it together. Sure. John, yeah. cause I don't, I don't know when else we're going to have an opportunity to talk about Brian Wilson, but John and I actually had the, uh, we, we saw him up close. We, we did. Yeah. In we the were most actual well, random we were, way. Well, not really random. This was bef- right. Be- was, this is before we, we were on our way, um, to go see, was it Brian Wilson or the it was or the it was the Brian Wil- it was Brian it was Wilson, Wilson with with Al Jardine. I think it was with Al Jardine, and they were doing Pet Sounds. It was at the Beacon right. Theater, mm-hmm. and we had Dan and I had stepped outside, and uh, sure enough, the Frankenstein's monster was uh, right in front of us. We were walking around the corner, going to put our bags in the car, and. Out of the the stage door comes came Brian, or I think he was coming out of his bus to go into the Something stage like one that. way or the other. Yeah. But yeah, and you know he he definitely you know looked a little little out of it. Sure, but I saw him perform about two years ago, and it was like I don't know if this guy should still be uh, doing this. But I mean, talk about lucky to be alive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, if you, so, if, if anybody <laughs> wants to know more about what we're talking about, watch the movie Love and Mercy. It is yes. a really fantastic portrayal of Brian. Wilson. But this isn't about Brian Wilson or the or, or the Love Beach and Mercy. Boys. But that is a great movie, and it's a great movie. You should check it out, regardless. Yeah. So back so, to the, um, so back to the Fat Boys. So tell us, John. Tell us more about the Fat Boys. Well, uh, I am very sad to say that in 1995, uh, the Human Beatbox did die uh, at the age of 28. Uh, allegedly, it was right after he was on the phone with uh, Prince Marky D talking about how he needs to get his life in order and get into shape. And he had a fall and as a result of the fall, had a heart attack that ended his life. And there is some debate also about uh, a little bit of controversy Um with his baby mama i don't they were never married or anything but uh it's a a rapper named queen pen uh and she had uh their son who is a rapper that goes by q hanaz so it's q h-a-n-n-a-z and um people were saying that she was only 15 years old and um it turns out that she did have a baby when she was 15, but that was not this child. Uh, she was 17 when she had this child, and he was 20. So it's like, not great, but not it, as bad. It could be a lot worse, I guess. Yeah. I guess I guess what they knew, because the, like, the baby came out beatboxing, and they were <laughs> like, yep, this that's his kid. Yeah, we don't need to do any paternity tests here. The junior um, beatbox. Anyway, so they, that is so sad. The, the Fat Boys met because uh, they lived, and in this at first it was uh, Prince Marky D and, and Cool Rock Ski. They lived on the same block in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So they would get together on like the street corner and rap. And um, then when Darren Robinson, the human beatbox, moved, moved into town or moved onto the block, he got involved with them. And then what happened was there was a rap competition at Radio City Music Hall. And out of the like 100, you know, 
groups that entered, they got first place and the prize was a recording contract. And it seems like a no-brainer about why they would call themselves the Fat Boys, but the story is that they were in a hotel, I want to say it was like Switzerland or something like that, and because they were performing and um, the they got caught kind of raiding the hotel kitchen and eating a bunch of food and they racked up like a $700 bill and the um, the manager of the hotel came down and started like yelling at them and just said like, you fat boys. And they kind of wore it as a badge of honor and said like, yeah, that's us. We're the fat boys. So uh, why is that not the beginning of disorderlies? Why is that not the pre-credits sequence? There's a lot of questions about why things aren't the beginning of disorderlies, because it certainly doesn't have, um, I guess, a rhythm that makes sense. It, it, the beginning is a ironically, even. yeah, the beginning is a little uneven. Um that's basically the that's the uh, background information I dug up on the Beach Boys. By the way, I'm sure there's a ton more. Uh, well, the, I'm gonna check my email on the Fat Boys. See. Yeah. Oh, what what did I just say? You said on the Beach Boy on the Beach Boys on the Beach the Boys. Beat boys. <laughs> the, boys. <laughs> the Beach. We've got beatboxing, Beach Boys, Fat Boys. We've got it all. Um, and they were also <laughs> so. But this is also not their film debut. No, they were. Uh, they were in the film. Was it Crush Groove? Crush Groove, yeah, which kind of chronicled the like the scene, like the uh, the hip hop scene at the time. It, and this pre this predates Disorderly, so they were still very young. Yeah, and it featured them, um, kind of not like as the primary characters, uh, because uh, who else was in that one? That Ooh, Run was, DMC. Um, Run DMC. Run DMC. Run DMC. I think were kind of the central group in that if right. i remember correctly uh i i did see it not not too long ago i remember the fat boys were definitely featured in it but i feel like they were kind of more of the more of like f- featured maybe like a little like light because it's it's kind of a i don't want to say like re- like heavy movie or really dramatic movie but it's not a it's slapstick not light. comedy the it's way not that, it's, uh... it's not disorderlies <laughs> Right. But then again, few films are. In fact, only one. <laughs> but like Curtis Blow was also a big one in it. And um Oh yeah. I think that like Houdini was was probably also in yep. it. They they all kind of Sheila ran e. together at that time. Sheila, Sheila e. e was for sure. Uh and they were also in a movie called Knights of the City. Um, oh, okay. That one I don't know. It was I think that they had just like a small role and a song on the soundtrack. Oh, you know who else was in Crush Groove? New Edition. That was like that hmm. was. I feel like the the introduction of New New Edition, and then you had New Edition, who later, you know, was Bobby Brown and Bill sure. DeVoe. Um, I feel like I'm leaving someone out. Uh, Russell Simmons is in mm-hmm. it. The Beastie Boys are in it. Uh, this must have been like the first time the Beastie Boys Probably. were known outside of New York. So, and. So Crush Groove is actually it's it's important. It's important to talk about Crush Groove because it's yeah directed it's, by Michael Schultz, the director of Disorderlies. Michael Schultz, yes, who did Disorderlies. And um let's see, what else did he do? Because he did a bunch of stuff. 
He and, worked um, on, I want to say, Car Wash. He did um, Car Wash. He did The Last Cooley High. Emperor? The Last Emperor? No, no I'm totally That's a different Michael else. Schultz. Michael <laughs> Schultz, it looks like he worked on a lot of the big, like, like with a lot of, the, like, the great black filmmakers in the 70s mm-hmm. and 80s. So Michael Schultz... The Last uh, Dragon, he, that's what I was thinking of. Oh, The Last Sorry. Dragon, yes. No, he he directed that. He directed Car Wash. He directed Cooley High. He did a lot Cooley of music High. videos later on. Um, he directed The Jerk 2. The Jerk 2? Yeah, t- for, which was made for TV. Okay. Just saying. It, it happened. I, okay. <laughs> I, I, I think I want to know a little bit more about that, but so, you know, he he's directed a lot of a lot of TV. Yeah, so um, I'm I'd be so curious to know the genesis of Disorderlies and how it came to be that they said, "Here are these guys," and I know that the Fat Boys were in, incorporating comedic elements into their performances from like pretty early on. Yeah. Um, but clearly they were like, oh, these guys are funny, so we need to make a comedy starring them, and it should be in the style of the Three Stooges. Like, where did that come from? I just would love to know, where was it intended for them at the beginning? Like, what happened here? I'd love to you know. You know, John, I-, I was really hoping to find some answers, and this is the one movie that if you look at IMDb, which I I always enjoy looking at the trivia from for mm-hmm. for movies that I've I've seen before but never really knew much about. And Disorderlies has two items of trivia. Yeah. It has two there are commercials on IMDB that have more trivia. <laughs> I think my IMDB page has more trivia on it. No, it's that the mansion in it is the Clampett mansion from the Beverly right. Hillbillies, and that Julie K. Smith is the skinny dipper who goes down the slide. Right. The, we'll the get back to most... that scene. <laughs> oh geez. Yeah, right. The two most who cares things about this entire movie. I I that scene actually is is the is kind of that's the nostalgia connection. And I know that that sounds off right now, but it'll make sense when 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 that's in context. Okay, all right. Um, so anyway, so getting back to disorderlies and the concept behind it. <laughs> right. So here is the plot. If you don't mind, I'll go ahead and take a stab at doing this briefly. But uh, there is this slimy guy. His name escapes me right now. It's like Lowry or something. Lowry like that. Winslow or Winslow Lowry. It's Winslow one way Lowry. or the other. Either way, uh, he has a gambling problem and owes like six hundred and fifty thousand dollars to this guy named Miguel. Uh, and Miguel is like, if you don't get me this money in like three weeks, then I'm gonna kill you. Cool, got it. And he's like, don't worry. Because my super rich uncle is like on his last legs. He's about to die. And when he dies, I get everything. So no worries there. So he's like, all right, well, he better die fast because three weeks. You got three weeks. So he goes in to see his uncle and the orderlies that are there are like, he's doing great. He's doing so much better. And... Of course, his natural reaction is, I have to replace these orderlies with the worst orderlies I can find. 
somehow the headline in the newspaper is like, this is the worst nursing home in the world. So it's a slow it's in, news day. Yeah, and it's in Brooklyn. So he travels to Brooklyn from like Palm Beach and finds these guys as they are getting fired for eating a bunch of cakes at the nursing home, which by the way, the people at the nursing home seem to really enjoy these guys. It, it, it's it's a little t- it's difficult to tell because I'm like, yes, they're having a blast, but also they do look frightened. But <laughs> yeah, but it's like that place looks like a hellhole anyway. So I doubt it's all them. No, it looks like they make it fun. Yeah. So they get fired. Winslow Lowry, Lowry Winslow. He is there and offers them jobs, flies them back to Florida and he tries to get them to essentially kill his uncle. And what ends up happening is they kind of become buddies with his uncle because uh, they take him to like this roller skating rink. I don't know how they knew their way around Palm Beach, but they seem to do just fine. So they show him a good time. He actually really likes them. And then they lose all of his medication and that ends up being like the thing that saves him and he's like all better and just like becomes best friends with them and then uh, Winslow Larry decides to take matters into his own hands and tries to steal a bunch of money and gold from his uncle and then blow the place up and the the fat boys foil the plan and we all live happily ever after Yep. With the Beach Boys. With the Beach Boys. Oh, and, and Prince Marky D has a love interest. Yeah, Carla, who is Carla. the, I guess, just house staff. I don't think it really was specific about what she did there. She's the maid. A maid. Yeah. yeah. I don't and, know. And uh, it was, I don't know. It, okay. Was this, is this movie a good movie? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Not technically, not technically, but like it's fun to watch and it's like there ridiculous. Are, it has its moments. It, there were those moments where I watched what was happening and thought, hmm, okay, this is, there's a car chase, the car right. chase where they, they using their, using their Brooklyn street skills you, which they're, I mean, they're good kids, but they grew up in Brooklyn, so therefore they know how to take a wire coat hanger. Which the dry right. cleaning is in the back of the police car. They take the wire hangers and they are they drive the car backwards using the hangers. It's a pretty clever. It's a pretty clever take on the comedic car chase. So yeah. I I like that was something I thought I. I thought was like, oh, that was pretty clever. And that was, you know, mm-hmm. then they nicely set up what happens later with the, with the, the dry cleaning. So yeah, it's, it's just fun. And it should be also noted that, uh, Winslow Larry was played by Anthony Geary, who, uh, was in one of our other, like quintessential childhood movies, UHF. He played Philo in UHF. And it's so crazy because he, the characters are so different from one another. Um, I always forget he's unrecognizable in UHF. 
completely unrecognizable. And he's and and perhaps some of our older listeners would know, or or younger listeners, I don't know, who um, have seen old episodes of General Hospital. Mm-hmm. Anthony Gary played Luke of the. It was a big pop culture phenomenon: the wedding of Luke and Laura on General Hospital. So Anthony Geary is the Luke of Luke and Laura. Look it up, kids. Google it. By the way, I I am mistaken. The um the name Miguel is not the loan shark guy. Miguel is the I guess Lowry's like right hand guy who works for the uncle. Um never really explains what his official role is. He's kind of Lowry's cabana boy. Pretty much. He reminded me a lot of um, Agador Spartacus from the Birdcage. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, but you would recognize him from, uh, he's like the father in Ugly Betty. He's, uh, oh, he's uh, Jefe in Three Amigos. Oh, yeah. It's uh, Tony uh, Plan- Plana. 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 Uh, he is, yeah, I mean, he's he's one of those faces that as soon as you see him, you recognize him. Sure. He's, he's in so much. The uh, the lone guy, the lone shark guy is Luis Montana, played by Marco Rodriguez. Any relation to Tony Montana? Not to my knowledge. I mean, it's Florida, um, you know, I don't know. Sure. So, um, and Uncle Albert, the, the rich uncle, is played by Ralph Bellamy, uh, who a lot of people would know from uh, His Girl Friday. This is kind of his uh, later in life resurgence. He also shows up in Pretty Woman. He is in um, Trading Places. Trading Places. Mm-hmm. It's one of the Dukes. Is he yeah. Randolph? I think he's Randolph. He is Randolph. That is correct. So, Don Amici is and, Mortimer. And I want to say this was his last movie. Uh, um, no, no. I, I think you. I think there was another one that you said he was. Pretty Woman was after this, right? So I guess it would have to be that. Yeah, Pretty Woman was 1990. So yeah, he was in a few movies. Um, oh, actually, Coming to America. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He so, has a cameo in that, yeah. Well, he's in it. it it's counts. a great cameo. It's a great yeah. cameo. So, Disorderlies, it's completely wacky. The Fat Boys, they have a lot of fun. They have one uh, musical moment where they do their... Uh, rendition of "Baby, I'm a Rich Man" uh, by the I would Beatles. say that's that's a that's a more accurate term than than cover. It's not more a, cover. Of a rendition. No, definitely more of a rendition. Yeah. They find a VHS camera. <laughs> they find a VHS camera that's somehow wire wirelessly hooked up to a bunch of TVs. Um, definitely not oh, possible. John. Your logic Sorry. has no place in this discussion. <laughs> Leave your logic at the door. We're talking disorderlies. We are talking disorderlies. But you know what? I like didn't care. No. Because it was well, just so much fun. If 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 you're nitpicking the logic holes of disorderlies, you should not be watching disorderlies. No, definitely not. Um I I don't want to, you know, tear down this movie. I, th- this is not what no. this podcast is about. Um, it's it's fun. It, it was a fun little nostalgia trip. So speaking of the nostalgia trip, by the way. Oh yes. So just my so th- I mean there are, I 
I did. I watched Disorderlies a few days ago, but it was the first time in a long time. But mm-hmm. the last time that I remember for sure watching at least part of Disorderlies must have been at some point in, you know, maybe 88, 89, 90, somewhere around there at the ground round. Oh my I want to say it was the ground round in Springfield on Route 22 in New Jersey. Was this a pay your weight situation? I remember there being popcorn baskets. I remember there being like a gumball machine. And there was a big screen that usually played cartoons, but sometimes they just kind of put on HBO. And weird. We were there with grandma and grandpa. Uh huh. And I don't think I was ever there without them. (laughs) This is the one like kind of very specific, clear memory I have of that. And a time I went to the ground round in high school with friends after we saw the crow. That's another story for another time. (laughs) And we, and, and does not involve disorderlies whatsoever. But I remember we were sitting at the table and there was HBO playing on the screen and there was, the skinny dipping scene, which the movie is rated PG and yeah. like there Warner brothers must've had something going on with the motion picture association of America back then, because they got away with dropping an F bomb and Beetlejuice. You've got, right. you've got PG, you've got nudity and it's not like kind of blurry. Like I can almost make it out. Like you can clear there. You clearly see boob and butt and it's a, <laughs> PG rated movie, but I remember that scene being on in the ground round. I think it was the the one part of the movie grandpa paid any attention to. <laughs> and I just remember thinking like, oh, this is weird, but kind of cool. And that was, oh my God. It was like, oh, we're sitting in this lovely family restaurant and there are new skinny dippers on the screen. So... That's so Glorious. wild. Yeah, but you know, pretty clear memory. I'm I'm 99% sure it actually happened. <laughs> yeah. That's that is something. That is yeah. something. I can't believe yeah. that that is a real thing. So <laughs> so John, I I guess so the, the really the question is here what should anything disorderlies as not just like a three stooges tribute but disorderlies the 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 plot the whatever is there anything what are you going to do well with disorderlies there's a few thoughts that i had so me too the 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 bones of the plot i feel like don't have to be bad there's no. like if you just do it right that idea could be good why they didn't set it like in the Hamptons, I don't know, because then the travel to Brooklyn would have made a lot more sense rather than going from Florida. But um, look, if you want the worst orderlies in the country, you go to the worst nursing home in the country. And if it's on the front page of the paper, it's got to be pretty bad. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. And there's Here's your also, logic. Sure. All right. Fine. <laughs> whatever i'll i'll back down on that one but the idea of like having orderlies mess up with your like like rich uncle's health care 
sure, fine. Yes. As long as it's like established that this is going to be a not not realistic, zany farce. Um, But also to do a movie like to honor this piece of hip hop history, uh, I feel like is its own separate thing to kind of highlight the fat boys and their place in history, I think is also a really fun thing to consider. So if I were to do anything with it at all, and to be honest, I don't think anything should be done with it. Um, Mm -hmm. But if anything, I would say a remake or reboot and I would have uh, have it be a Lonely Island movie. All right, John. So yeah, look, I knew you wrote that down. You knew I wrote that down. So, but I I, I have some other ideas as well. But so, but I please. By the way, I knew you wrote that down, not because I actually knew, but because yeah. I knew. Uh, I had some other ideas <laughs> too. <laughs> Save you the trouble, mom. Uh. I had some other people that I would probably put in there, but none, none, none of them felt as right as like doing like an like a Lonely Island thing. And I feel like they would be so good at honoring the Fat Boys and the musical. Right? Have that music, like the musical element, the comedy element. Mm-hmm. I think um, it was pop pop star never stop stopping. Yeah, and it was really an underrated comedy. And in the role of Winslow Lowry. I would put, um, I had two ideas. One of them, and I've mentioned him before on this podcast before, Michael Sheen. And I especially think Michael Sheen would be great. Uh, have you seen, They, I think this was like two years ago on Valentine's Day on Netflix. They, rele- they released this weird movie. It was like Michael Bolton's big sexy Valentine's Day. I, I had never watched it, but I remember it. Dan, I, you I have to it watch it. You have to watch it. It's so funny. There's this one scene especially that Michael Sheen is in where he plays a choreographer that will blow your mind. And he's kind of just like this this skeezy choreographer, like chain smoker. And oh my God, is it brilliant. So it's like I, I kind of love him working with them. My other thought would be Simon Pegg. Oh, that would be an interesting role for Simon Pegg. Yeah. He I has he ever really played uh an un, really unlikable character, like truly unlikable? Um I don't know about truly unlikable. He did a few movies kind of like I would say mid-career. There was like Run Fat Boy Run and stuff like that where he was like not I feel like there's somewhere likable. he's kind of a jerk, and then he he kind of sees the error mm-hmm. of his ways. But yeah. yeah, no, this would kind of be. I mean, really, Lowry, you're 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 kind of hamming it up. You're like an like. I imagine. I wonder if Alan Rickman was considered for this <laughs> role. It it would have been like I would have loved to have have seen an, a young Alan Rickman because remember this is pre Die Hard, so mm-hmm. a young Alan Rickman is Lowry, but. So I I definitely had the Lonely Island thought, and I'm I, I'm trying to th- oh sorry I'm sorry I don't want to interrupt your uh oh no 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 I'm I'm good it's all you I've got ideas 
Um, <laughs> oh my I've God. got, I've got <laughs> thoughts. I've got ideas. Um, so I think, first of all, I think one option, one way to go is doing the lonely Island. I was thinking in the Lowry role, but I, I, cause you're keeping the plot elements, but you're, you're really not keeping, you don't have to keep a lot the same about the characters. You have to keep the roles the same, but, um, I was thinking in that Lowry role, Gwyneth Paltrow. Huh. I just feel like I kind of want to see Gwyneth Paltrow do a comedy and do yeah. something because she really wouldn't have to like she she would really just have to be you know, bitchy and petty right in the movie. So I feel like it wouldn't be a problem because I know like not everybody is so hot on Gwyneth Paltrow. So I feel like if you cast her in that role, it's just it's her opportunity to say I can clown. Yeah, and and yeah. I was th- and 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 likewise though he's got a much uh, better sense of humor. Ian McKellen <laughs> at, in, yeah. the, in the um, Uncle Albert role, the Uncle Albert, the Albert Dennison role. But I was also kind of, I was also thinking, you know, there's just this great, you know, in the past 10, 15 years women in comedy have come such a long way Mm -hmm. and have been given so much more voice and opportunity to, uh, you know, to be the, to be the stars, to be the creating creative team. So I would love, I'd be interested to see a, a female centric disorderlies. I was, Uh I think Mindy Kaling, who, if you listen, her up, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but really if you think about it she's you know in that in that right age range and i'm picturing mm-hmm. it more as they are maybe they they don't work in the worst nursing home in america maybe they run a like a small nursing home and maybe it's just really chaotic and it's and it's hard to deal with and there's just one day it's like the worst day and there's just all sorts of chaos and and uh, the 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 three women are scrambling so much someone of course catches this like one of of course it has to, it should be one of the people in the home with their phone oh like, like live streaming it yeah <laughs> like like you're doing a facebook live video of the chaos going on and then uh Lowry or your Lowry character sure. seeing it later on on YouTube or mm-hmm. whatever someone reposts it on uh, whatever it is whatever social media he would use mm-hmm. and that's how rather than seeing on the front page of the newspaper the worst nursing home in America he sees this video and it's and it's Mindy Kaling and like Zoe Kazan would be huh. Uh, like I'd, I, I think she brings a lot to to a role, and she's different. And I would love to see her in it. And I mean, I don't know. There's so many wonderful options of of other women. Uh, Ad Bryant, who I've been enjoying. I, I started oh, yeah. watching Shrill and um, in, enjoying her work in that. But I enjoy her work in. Like she was, I think the one thing I liked about there was a movie that was an Amy Schumer movie. Oh, Trainwreck. No, no. That, oh, no. Trainwreck is Trainwreck is awesome. Oh, oh the, I feel pretty. 
Yeah, I feel pretty, which wasn't great, but I just thought I thought Aidy Bryant brought some life to her scenes. She's great. Yeah, I actually um, did write down a couple of names, well, a few names for people that could be in it, and actually, Amy Schumer was one of them. Yeah, I was thinking her. Yeah, that was my uh, one of my. I had one of my I other had Amy possibles. Schumer, Jack Black, and Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> Totally approve of of the Ryan Gosling casting. I would love to see Ryan Gosling do a screwball comedy. Yeah, and I th- I feel like he would. He's so funny in The Nice Guys. Yeah, I don't um, think he takes himself too seriously. No, no, no. And Jack Black is kind of like, oh yeah, he could totally. And it's yeah, I, I mean he's. It's not because he's a larger guy, too. It's just because well, yeah. he's really same, good at physical comedy. Same same thing in terms of A.D. Bryant as well. That, sure. That, right. that is like she I just think the chemistry of the three, because that's really what you have to think of. That was what the fat boys brought with it was right. brought to it was chemistry, proven chemistry. Yeah. So you need to have you need to have actors that can play really well off each other. Uh, Emily Blunt. Why not Emily Blunt? She can do pretty much anything at this at this sure. point. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and <laughs> they, but just give them an opportunity to screw up, and then you could have if if your if you have your Lowry character as as a man, then it could be it could be Stanley Tucci, it could be Michael Sheen. I uh, like the Michael Sheen idea. So you know, Sheen right. Tucci, whichever way you go. <laughs> I like, but I actually like, I I really do like the Michael Sheen idea. And Michael Sheen, just to sing his praises a bit more, I feel like he he often plays likable characters, but can do obnoxious really well. Oh, totally. And point of reference, Midnight in Paris. Right. Oh, yeah. His character is so obnoxious and unlikable that as soon as you said... Michael Sheen as Lowry. I'm, oh man, he could totally pull that off. He's just a really good actor who knows how to knows how to have a good time. That's all right. And then as as if you're having now, if you're kind of switching up genders, you could you throw. I mean, I, if Betty White has it in her, you could throw <laughs> her in there as as you know whatever Aunt Gent Albert. Yeah. Um. Alberta. Alberta. Auntie Alberta. Yeah. Um. You could. I had a list. <laughs> there are a lot. Of... I mean, I mean, there, but there the, are a lot the, of great. The one question I have for you, Dan, is like, do you really think anything should happen with this movie? No. Do I think that? Uh, no. I mean, if it was up to me, studios would be producing all original material. Um, right. No, I, I don't. I mean, some. Sometimes it does work out. I don't think no. I no with disorderly specifically. No, I don't think there's a need. But I think you're always going to have your your new your comedy teams. Whether it's your your actors that just work well together and end up working together a lot. You know, your Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn, right? Uh, about fifteen years ago. Yeah. Your, um, you know, John C. Riley, Will Ferrell. For better or for worse, I don't know. I haven't seen their latest uh, Holmes and no, Watson. I, I am, I am, I am thinking of Step Brothers. Yeah, 
<laughs> purely. A little bit Talladega Nights, mostly Step Brothers. Right. But you've got so I think, and I think it's a it's a it's a tradition in film to have both to have your musical crossovers mm-hmm. and to have this type of screwball comedy that doesn't, I mean, look, they actually read did, a, they did a three stooges movie. I think it was the Farrelly brothers. Yeah. Prior to being us an Oscar winner, Peter Farrelly. Oh boy. Um, right. Will Sasso, Sean Hayes. I forget who was, uh, Chris Diamantopoulos, I think was Mo. Okay. I think so. Right. So I did didn't see that. it. I did not see it. I didn't see it either. Um, and I, I do respect how they attempted to do the three stooges thing without blatantly calling it out. Um, I mean, it was mostly just like honoring slapstick and having never seen the fat boys perform live. I couldn't tell you if like, they did this type of stuff on stage together, but I can't imagine they did. I I know what, that they. What? Oh, I'm talking about just like slapping each other and. Oh yeah, no, eye pokes, eye pokes, things right. like that. Yeah, no, they, I mean, yeah, they actually, and I I think though, even though they don't call it out, they do. There's the sound effects with yes, that go along very with and clear they, slapping sound effects. Very clear Three Stooges sound yeah. effects and very clear like Three Stooges approaches to the the physicality and, and the humor. Mm-hmm. And the I mean, the plot, it's really like I, I couldn't tell you. I know I've seen some Three Stooges shorts back in the day. I couldn't tell you what their plots were, but I'm guessing this was a pretty standard plot in those sure. days to... Yeah. You know, there's the you have your your rich old person who's, you know, you wouldn't expect to get along at all with these idiots, these idiots. Yes. And. And you have this the someone scheming for the rich person's money and then you've got and and then they end up, you know, they, there's a respect at the end between the. You know, this old person who you would never think, oh, like they're going to end up to be friends. I mean, unless, of course, you know the formula. Right. But yeah, it's a pretty it's just it's one of those it's one of those kind of archetypes for stories that you'll always have. And it's even if you're not going to do disorderlies, which if you're looking for one of those plots, Mm -hmm. (laughs) why? Why not? (laughs) No, sure. And you know what? It's 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 fine for what it is. There are enjoyable moments. We're talking about it today. That's all I have to say about it. This is the most that at least I've ever talked about it in one span of time. <laughs> yeah, so there there have been a few other podcasts that have touched upon uh disorderlies. I tried listening to them, but they pretty much are just making fun of it. And I didn't appreciate it, and I kind of not our thing. Switched switched it off right away. Um, Some people that's their thing. Us, not so much. Yeah, it didn't sit well with me, so I chose to just move on. It's I was hoping to get maybe some more information about the movies, but no. 
Yeah, we really like disorderly's trivia is pretty hard to come by. So if no. you know anything, if if anyone out there has any knowledge, yeah, of... Cool Rock, hit me back. Let me what? know. No, no, I'm just, huh? I'm telling him. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were saying Cool Rock hit hit me back as in the past tense. Okay. No, 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 no. Uh, there was a, a there was a there's a comma in there. Okay. Yes, please write me back as soon as you can. Um, so. Before we wrap things up, I want to just talk about a couple of um, bits of news in the, I guess, reboot, remake, sequel, prequel world. Um, There is the news of Mark Hamill voicing Chucky in the Child's Play reboot. That's pretty cool. Yes, good call. Um, He's done a lot of voice work. Uh, I know he did the Batman series. He was Joker. Um, Oh, yeah. So he, he does it. Real good. He knows what he's doing. Um, and then there's a... Uh, did you see the movie Bad Moms? Yes. I also saw its sequel, A Very Bad Mom's Christmas. Right. There is going to be another one called Bad Mom's Moms about their mothers. Who were introduced in Bad Mom's Christmas. Oh, were they? I wasn't yes. sure. I hadn't seen that one. Okay, so you know who they are. I'm pretty sure I'm trying to I'll have to ask uh, my lovely wife, Alicia, who watched both movies with me, if because I'm pretty sure when we watched Bad Moms Christmas that one of us suggested that that was going to be the next step. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Or or something involving the the mothers. But well, it's yeah. So it's it's Cheryl Hines, Susan Sarandon and. One of my personal favorites, Christine Baranski. Christine Baranski is one. They're all wonderful. Yeah. Christine Baranski. I, ah, man, I don't know if we'll ever talk about Bowfinger on Rune Childhoods. Yeah, I don't know. But man, Christine Baranski, it's it's a great movie. It's a wonderful movie with Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy. Mm -hmm. But Christine Baranski has some moments in that movie that I, I howl out loud every time. And also, fantastic in the aforementioned birdcage. The birdcage, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, and, she, I mean, wonderful on The Good Wife. She's just yeah. a wonderful actress all around. She's fantastic. Um, As are Susan Sarandon and Cheryl Hines. So so we, uh, we got an email a few weeks ago that I completely missed. So I want to read that. Um, it is from my other podcast co-host, Louise. Um, oh. You can hear hey, us. You can hear us on I Have a Great Idea, But I'll Never Do It, Leave It to Beaver, on which we talk about, uh, oh, sorry, Louise It to Beaver. Louise It to Beaver, yeah. On which we talk about Leave It to Beaver. And the brand new, uh, it's a very quick, like one or two minute long podcast called Got It. Got It. It's a lot of fun. Um, If you only have two minutes to listen to something, check out Got It. You will hopefully enjoy it. I vouch for all of these, but I have to say, I especially vouch for Got It, not just because <laughs> of like the length, but it's just, it's fun. <laughs> it's, just, it's a it's a game that you play together. There's no winner. You both win. Um, the idea and just is following that, it, just listening to it is the yeah. Like... The idea is that each person says a random word, and then you you when you come up with the word that you think connects the two. You say got it, and when both of you have said got it, you count down from three, 
and hopefully you will say the same word. If not, you continue until you get that same word. Um, it's a lot of fun. We've had some that are coming out soon that it's insane how quickly we get it. Like, well, the first insane. one I listened to, you got it so quickly, and I had no idea what had happened. I listened to it like three times before <laughs> I understood what was going on. Well, Louise and I have known each other for a very long time. We kind of know how we both think. And we've yeah, done seriously, many, yeah. many hours of podcasting together. It's bananas. So um, we had talked about uh, Sunset Boulevard. Oh, yes. Many episodes back. So she says, my two cents. I think the upcoming Sunset Boulevard movie is Oscar bait for Glenn Close. She's got seven nominations, no wins. She's 72. Uh, she already knows and is flawless, Sunset. Won the Tony in 95, did the revival um, West End in 2016, Broadway in 2017, and Hollywood wants to give her an Oscar. It's a no-brainer. At so, this point, at this point, whatever, Glenn Close could, her next movie could be like the police academy reboot and she will get nominated for an oscar just because there are so many times that she's come so close dangerous liaisons i don't know i i I do know how she didn't win for that because she was up against jodie foster for the accused but she's i glenn close is superb so what you're saying is if that she if she was in a disorderly's reboot as Aunt Alberta, or even Uncle Albert. We know she's done Albert movies. Albert Nobbs. Uncle Albert Nobbs. She could Albert just Nobbs be Albert, just Uncle Albert. Albert Nobbs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we also got an email from uh, our buddy French Fry Phil. Hey, Phil. So uh, the, t- the subject line is Masters of the Universe. And uh, he says, one mid-80s afternoon, I came home from school and all of my He-Man toys were in the trash. Phil, I'm so sorry to hear this. My mom said they started making noises on their own during the day, probably the battery-operated Snake Mountain, and she chalked it up to being a possible demon in the toys. French fry Phil, I am loving this email so much. So I wasn't allowed to watch He-Man and I have never seen Masters of the Universe movie French fry Phil, what are you doing? Despite having very little nostalgic ties, this was still an entertaining episode. I definitely want to watch Power of Grayskull and Canon Films documentaries now so much more than the actual film. Phil, you got to watch the movie. It's not long. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen Disorderlies, but I do remember the song All You Can Eat and the Fat Boys appearances on a, appearances on a math show I used to watch called Square One, oh, which was yeah, a fantastic show. Did you ever watch Square One, John? I didn't, but... Laura, my wife, uh, grew up watching it. Okay, yeah. So that's really funny. And it's also interesting that she didn't know who the Fat Boys were. And she grew up listening to hip-hop and watching Square One. So I have some questions for her. Maybe she thought they were someone else. <laughs> Maybe she thought they were the Miami Sound Machine. Yeah. Um, so anyway, no, I actually what's interesting is Phil is so reminding me, and this is, I am really sorry to hear this, that your He-Man toys were in the trash um, That's awful. I, I, I did. I discovered. So my He-Man toys are all preserved in the attic of our parents' house, and yeah. I'm, I was very excited to learn that after after recording the Masters of the Universe movie. Yeah, or uh, um, episode. <laughs> yeah. So we do have another email from French Fry Phil because I 
sent him one saying like, I hope it's okay that we are reading your emails to which he says, I have no issue with you guys reading my emails. It's totally cool. I get slightly pumped on Tuesday mornings when I have a ruined childhood's new episode notification on my phone. Thanks buddy. That's so cool. Uh, I haven't seen either of those movies referring to disorderlies or the, uh, the movie that we're doing on the next episode we'll talk about soon. Uh, but look forward to your discussion. I will say that for some reason I associate the fat boys with Sabaro pizza, maybe from the all you can eat video. Um, when I was a kid in California, I thought eating a slice of cheese pizza at my mall Sabaro was on par with eating real New York style pizza. That's probably super offensive to your pizza tour brother. Scott, if you want to chime in, I doubt that you would have any objection no. to French fry fill. I think for a lot of people, Sabaro is is the closest that they that they get for a while. I would yeah. say Sabaro is closer to authentic New York pizza than a lot of the other regional like pizza pizzas hut. I've had oh, outside of New York. Yeah. Uh, you know, like a CeCe's, um, uh-huh. you know, definitely like a Domino's. I'd say this Sbarro's is not our area a, of expertise, by the way. No, but I'm going yeah. out there and, and saying, I don't judge you for the Sbarro's. I got love for Sbarro's. Yeah. So we need to talk about the next episode because Dan and I, before we started recording, had mentioned that there are parallels that we need to go over. Um, Dan, do you want to tell everybody what our next episode is going to be? So on our next episode, we are going to be talking about some more April Fool's, The Brain Donors, which uh, 1992, kind of a tribute slash remake. hmm? It's definitely. Well, it's a tribute to the Marx Brothers, a remake of A Night at the the Opera Opera. and Coconuts, a little bit of I think it's mostly Night at the Opera, but it yeah. incorporates elements from other Marx Brothers movies. Right, um, right. But it is it is interesting that this is another one that's paying homage to a classic comedy group. And um, kind of follows a similar formula. Sure. Yeah. So, which we'll, we'll get into, of course. People. We will talk about it then on the next one. Um, I the parallels between these two movies, which we will talk about on the next episode, uh, are very interesting. There's a lot of things where I'm just like, uh, okay, that's, that happens in that movie. Or like, that's very similar to what happens here. So we will talk about on that, that on the next one. You look yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking as we're talking about it and I'm thinking about all of the different, ob- there's one very obvious one. And then there's one that's a little bit more abstract. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be talking about that on the next episode. All so, right, John. Well, I, all right, everybody. Good journey. Good journey to you all. I think I could handle what you do pretty easily. <laughs> You're the human beatbox, right? You beatbox. Just go. You need gold on your teeth. And all these years, like an idiot, I loved Perry Como. <laughs> and I got the human beatbox next to me right here. I know, but he's on a pulsating thing. I'm not sure he can do that today. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs>